In this episode, we're following the journey of some first home buyers who have conquered that mountain. We're going to hear about the lessons they learned, whether their assumptions were right or wrong, and the mistakes they made, and those that were avoided, and ultimately how they sealed the deal. Welcome to Your First Home Buyer Guide, the podcast for first home buyers who want to move it along and become homeowners. But most importantly, it is for you to become an educated home buyer. I'm Megan and that was Veronica. We're both buyers agents and probably old enough to be your mum. But that's a good thing because between us, we've got over 45 years experience to share with you and bucket loads of stories about avoidable mistakes. Together, we're going to make sure you get unbiased and real information you can rely on. Allow us to guide you on your home buying journey. We want you to become an educated home buyer so that you can stop looking for your first home and actually become a proud homeowner. We've got loads of great tips for you in this episode. And if you'd like more useful tools, head over to the website, homebuyeracademy.com.au. And there you'll get access to our free mini course, How to Price a Property Like a Professional. You will also find the holy grail of home buying education, Your First Home Buyer Guide, the online course for people who want to become educated home buyers. We created this for you to help you get on the right path to home ownership for your first home and beyond. But before we get into the interesting stuff in this week's episode, we've got the boring bit, the disclaimer. You of course know that nothing in this podcast is to be taken as personal advice. We always recommend getting the advice of an expert in their field who takes the time to understand your personal situation. We've done our very best to ensure that the content is correct at the time of recording. Things change rapidly, so always check with the relevant government authority and your trusted advisors to get the most up-to-date information. Antonia and Rinch are Home Bar Academy graduates, and we're so excited to be sharing their story today. Thank you both for coming along. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I took out a script, Veronica. What? My background. This is a good one. Oh, so behind, <laughs> before, we get, before we get started talking to you and find out all your background <laughs> and your backstory, Megan in the video has something behind her it doesn't look like a house so what is it it's oh, their view i know what it is it's antonia wrenches a view out of their new home look at that right so this is in canberra let's just sort of do a bit of a spoiler alert in terms of where you bought so well done you guys that looks beautiful actually yeah really nice yeah that's yeah. a great great outlook Look, I feel like we know you so well after spending so much time in Campfire and answering questions on the question board. It's been a really intense few months for you, and we feel really privileged that we've been part of your team and, and part of your journey. We do. We feel incredibly yeah. lucky to have had you guys guiding us along that journey. It would have been a different story without you completely. Yeah, yeah. We came in complete novices. We didn't know anything, and, um, you know, without... Without the course, without you guys and your support and without Campfire, we would not have been able to achieve what we've achieved. So it's pretty cool. I'm so happy. I'm like a proud mom. <laughs> well, let's start at the beginning. When did you first decide that you wanted to buy a property? I would say it started kind of seriously about a year ago, probably talking about it a bit before, yeah. though, but a year ago was when we purchased the membership with you guys and yeah. doing the course and uh, coming along to um, Campfire shortly after that. And so that was when we really started learning 
how to do it and um and saving aggressively yeah because you actually you were kind of dipping your toe in earlier than that i did go back on your record and found that you downloaded the free mini course how to price a property <laughs> in july 2022 oh okay so that was yeah. a bit early yeah really? you're probably starting to think and talk about it but um i think at that time still feeling quite overwhelmed sort yeah. of knowing, yeah. are we ready how much more do we need to save what's the first step in this process yeah. how do we actually go about um just doing this well, I can't, yeah, I can't remember when it was, but we, when we first started looking, we got, we sort of, um, we were all, well, when we st first started thinking about it, sorry, not looking, but um, thinking about it, we went out, we we tried to get pre-approval, we got the pre-approval came back and it was way lower than what we had thought we mm. would service. And um, so that sort of put us on the back foot, uh, we, we sort of, stopped and 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 sort of i guess withdrew from the process for a while mm -hmm. and then we came like we really saved aggressively we were really fortunate in that we were able to um i would say almost double our savings in that time so it was wow um, how did you do that I share got, some tips with our I listeners got massive, i got a massive job change um which was really helpful um antonia also has been ha has an increased income mm -hmm. um we went to the bank of mum and dad and um that, that was it and i think also that yeah. that was how we increased our income but how we managed to hang on to that and put it in savings rather than spending <laughs> it all um was we kind of pretended that we didn't have that yeah. extra so every okay. every time one of us would get a pay increase, or every time I would, you know, work a few more hours, or Wrench would work a few more hours and get some overtime, we would just put that money in. Uh, neither one of us are very good at kind of micromanaging our finances. So what works well for us is kind of following the barefoot investor method of having buckets and then just not really worrying too much about the the minutia of what you're spending yeah. your money. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so you put a certain amount into savings, you put a certain amount into um, you know, mm -hmm. personal accounts so that you've each got some fun money and um we would put some aside to be able to still go yeah. out and, and, you know, have takeaway and, and stuff every once in a while. But um knowing that all the time those savings were just growing and we kept our our big savings account in a separate bank from our day to day. So we would have to actually, you know, open it up and look at it on a different banking app. So it kind of <laughs> just having that barrier so that you don't think, oh, it's so easy to dip into this uh -huh. and just pull it out and yeah, tell yourself that lie that you're going to put it back or save later. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But we, we just needed that kind of um, really easy, just not requiring a lot of day-to-day -day management from us, just set it up and be done with it. Yeah. Such a good tip. Yeah. 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 Just act like it doesn't exist. And we, we also, yeah. you know, that like that discretionary spending amount that we worked out really early on that if we just give ourselves a little bit of pocket money that you don't have to explain what you're doing with that money or mm. whatever. And, you know, we've stayed married for a lot longer than we might have. <laughs> yeah. if one, if, well, one's a spender and one's a saver usually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay so that's really interesting because um 
let me just see, dig dig a little here because it seems like you had some savings. Then you've had an expectation of what that might mean you could borrow. You got a rude shock that it wasn't anywhere near that. Yeah. You've then did you then say we need to ramp up our jobs and we need to get serious about actually going out there and finding ways to earn more money and get better jobs, better paying jobs, or did that sort of happily coincide? Was it deliberate or ad, ad just happened to be um, sort of serendipitous? It was it was deliberate, but I would yeah. say we were very lucky in that the opportunities were there when mm. we looked for them. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and and ex- you know extraordinarily fortunate in that um, uh, Rinch's mom was able to help us out, and um, you know to have that generosity is, is just a huge um, both moms. Yeah, both yeah. moms. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a huge boost that um, a lot of people wouldn't have access to that. So I think we're really fortunate to have that kind of cash injection and then sure. um, to be able to put in all of the effort ourselves on top of that. Because you've got two or three kids. Two. Two. Two, yeah. Um, and, you know, our last few interviews with our Homebar Academy graduates who bought properties have all been quite young, like Gwenda, for instance, you know, she was saving whilst at university, you know, yeah. and, you know, and so you guys aren't in that category, are you? You're on the other end of the scale. Yeah, <laughs> compared we to- are not old enough to be your mum. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but it goes to show that you can do this when you're at all ages in your in your career, as opposed to you know at the starting at all yeah. ages, yeah, 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 yeah. Was I think that that's important because I'm mm. um, sorry to cut you off there, Antonio. Because you know a lot of people are like, oh well, you know I've missed the boat, or if I didn't do it by a certain age, I'm not going to do it, or if I haven't done it before I have kids, I'm not going to do it, or whatever. I mean, at, at a certain point, you know, you say, right, we're going to knuckle down, and you guys said, right, we've got to go and get better jobs and we're going to knuckle down and we're going to really discipline ourselves and put systems in place to help ourselves save the money and obviously with some help from family. So how long would you say that entire process took? Sort of from even before, like, you know, when you you must have been saving to even think that you could go and get a pre-approval in the first place. Were you sort of saving thinking, oh, we're going to buy a home, but you didn't actually have a plan? Um, or you're saving with a plan that turned out to be sort of not the best plan or not the right plan. I, I think we were just saving with not quite the the horsepower. Like mm. the amount that we were able to save was was being outpaced by the market, especially in 2019 and 2020. Yeah. Mm. Like when the prices, I don't know if everywhere was exactly like Canberra, but it, the the prices almost doubled overnight in or over over that period yeah. over the two yeah. years um, yeah it was a big big growth settled market. a little bit since then but but effectively there was a big jump and if you look at all the sort of price curves over time there's a there's a sort of slow steady increase and there's huge ramp or a huge bump and oh, sorry. <laughs> and yeah, so uh, yeah, so huge bump in the in the graph at that time, and um, that was like right when we sort of said, right, we're going to buy something, and and then all of a sudden, we just we weren't quite able to when we first started, yeah. and then it looked harder and harder and harder, and so we, I guess, we knuckled down. I would say 
like at the beginning of that period, we were starting to think about it already, but um, yeah, it wasn't until a bit later that we were able to sort of really consider it. Um, and, you know, we had a reasonable deposit. Um, like I think it would have, we would have been paying LMI on, mm. on most properties that we've been looking at. Um, you know, we, we were able to, to look at it. Um, it was only after I started my job, my current job in about September of 22. Um, so that, um, yeah, it was only from then that we were really saving that. Got like, it. Yeah. Like, like intent. We were out yeah. facing the market finally. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, your story is not uncommon, you know, particularly in those periods of rapid growth and mm. particularly also with interest rates rising and then borrowing capacities falling. So we've had a lot of people that have said to us, you know, that they've really felt that they needed, to, they were going to have to give up. But so I guess you guys just knuckled down. And like you said, you had the capacity and the ability to get to get um, better paying jobs. So you decided to start learning how to buy a property when once you sort of realised that actually this is this is a possibility. Yep. Mm. What was the trigger there? I think I started listening to your podcasts um, and uh, kind of binge listened to heaps of them. So just loved your um, kind of gentle way of talking people through things, but also that you were just no nonsense and just told things straight up and, and were very clear with people when they were on the wrong path. And um I really enjoy um, learning things. Like I, I'm a big fan of explicit teaching. That's just my brain works well that way. So I knew that, okay, yeah, I could keep just listening to the podcasts and and kind of picking up bits and pieces. But actually, I really want that hand-holding. I want to go through that process, you know, step by step and, um, yeah. and have that one-on-one um, -on -one guidance as well. So um, I was pretty sold, you know, after listening to a few podcasts, um, I knew that I wanted to do the course. And so I think I just sent a podcast to Wrench and, and said, you know, these guys are great. Let's, um, let's think about doing the course. And, and um, I think we probably um, didn't jump on straight away. It may have been a, a few months of listening to podcasts and, and kind of waiting until the time was right. And we felt like, um, okay, now we've got enough headspace to actually sit down and, and properly uh, start going through the steps. So I think we bought the course in um, December or so of last year. You did. You did. Rinch, uh, were you dragged kicking and screaming to this educational <laughs> process or were you an enthusiastic participant? No, enthusiastic. But I, like I have to say, like Antonia's great at, at doing those kind of things for us as, you know, um, she's really good at saying, hang on, here's a thing that I don't know anything about and and here's a course that teaches us everything that we need to know step by step along the way and let's just do that and then we'll know. Um, and um, I think we were both feeling quite intimidated by mm -hmm. the, the, um, the fact that we don't know anything or we now know, know now but we didn't know then anything about the process of buying a property or anything um we just had no previous exposure to it 
um, no close friends that have been through it really, or at least not that shared with us, you know, just had no idea. So, um, to to recognize that. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of people think. She's really good at, she's really good at just sort of going bang. I know that we, you know, we have this gap in our knowledge. Mm. Here's a, here's a way that we can fill it. And she would have been looking for all of the different yeah, podcasts and things. And I was searching like, specifically for people in Australia because even though mm-hmm. I didn't know anything, I knew enough to understand that the process is different depending yeah. on the location. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that we were learning from people in Australia who could tell us about yeah. what the, you know, things that are relevant to us here. So um, I do remember I did go through a period of feeling kind of like overwhelmed and like, oh, we should know this stuff. Mm. You know, what's with us that we don't just intuitively have a grasp on this and and then i i kind of gave myself a, a talking to and and was like well it's just like anything else it's like any other process that if you don't know how to how to do something you have to learn it there's nothing wrong with us that we haven't learned it yet because it just hasn't been um you know part of our part of our life like we didn't um we didn't save up and and buy a house when we were younger we um did other things we traveled right. You know, had, had different things that we were doing with our lives. So, regardless of how old you are, um, the steps are the same. Yeah. Um, and I think being a little older as first home buyers, what we do bring to that is maybe slightly different priorities. So that made a difference for us. But the steps that we went along were the same, and we just had to learn them because we were doing them for the first time. It's a bit like um, changing a car tire. You, you you don't intuitively know how to <laughs> no, change a car tire. You can look at it and go, "Well, I know that's got to come off." But I don't know where, you know, the jack is to get the car up or where the mm. nut loosener, what's that thing called? You know, you don't know these things. You know there's sort of something and people know how to do it, but you don't know what you don't know. Mm. And, and I think you nailed it there, Antonia, in saying you, it's not that you weren't, aren't educated people. You're educated enough to know that you didn't know and, you, and how to source it and, and find this information out. And that's why, you know, if you go, if you're out there in the car and no one's taught you how to change the tyre, then you're stuck on the side of the road waiting for someone else to come and, and help you and rescue you. And that is a way to do it. But <laughs> if you've, if someone has said, let me teach you how to change tyre, then knowledge is power and, and you have a bit of control over um, how you get back on the road. Well, and look, taking that metaphor a little bit further is like, you don't have to wait for someone to come along, you know, <laughs> and save you. You can actually, and believing that, they know the, the best way or whatever for you, you can actually make all those decisions yourself and just We're, fix that car, you know, change that tyre when you need it to be changed rather than waiting out there in the hot sun waiting for someone to come along. He's got one of those wheel brace, I think they're called. It. <laughs> Came back to me. <laughs> it's all, all right. right. It's been about 30 years since I've had to change tyre. Well, actually, I've got a story on that. I should probably just quickly say when, when I learned how to drive, my dad taught me how to learn how to drive a car. And um, and I said to him, right now, I want you to teach me how to change a tire. And he gets out the wheel brace and he gives it to me. He says, there you go. And um, I'm not sure if I jacked up the car or not. I don't know what I did. I just remember that I I got it on the nuts and I decided to try to loosen it. And I couldn't budge the thing. And he went, that's why you call the NRMA. <laughs> Is that a shocking? Anyway, I've never changed a tire. Um <laughs> Anyway, that probably doesn't really help our analogy on this in this particular instance. So tell us about the search process itself because you guys had an interesting 
um, a couple of interesting epiphanies, didn't you? And so we'd love to hear how that sort of from your, you know, perspective, how did that unfold? Oh, so many. God, where did you start? Along the way. <laughs> you started in Canberra. Let's start with that. You started in Canberra. We did, yeah. and then we started looking just outside Canberra. Um, so we were looking in Bungendore, which is a town about um, half an hour outside of Canberra, because we thought maybe this, maybe we might find something that is more affordable out there. And so we were kind of exploring the idea of um, having a longer commute into Canberra, but being able to find, you know, more house. Um, and so we did, we spent a few weekends out there looking around and found some things that um, that we liked. But um, as we continued along the process and as also as we um, kind of became more familiar with the, the market and what you could get out there and what you could get here in Canberra, um, we realized that it wasn't really a good fit for our family at this phase of our life. Uh, the kids have a huge, you know, all of their support networks and their social networks are here. Same with me, like all of my friends are here in, in Canberra. And even though we do, um, you know, we do drive a lot to get to different places. Um, the more I thought about it, the more I realized there's, there's quite a big difference between sort of jumping in the car to drive 10 minutes or 15 minutes a couple of times a day to driving half an hour and then getting home and going, oh, I'm, I'm really not, I'm gonna not going to go out again and I'm not going to drive an extra hour just to go and do something. And so it really started to feel like that that decision would be cutting ourselves off from community, which is really important to us. And so we kind of um, backtracked and, and started looking more in our local area, like suburbs that we really liked in Canberra. Because originally, um, when we first started talking to you in Campfire, I do believe that you weren't wedded to any particular area. Yeah, that's and right. And we may have sent you on a virtual road trip. Yes, yeah, you were right. our inspiration for that podcast episode. Yeah. And I'd, I'd forgotten yeah. about that, actually, because we did do some research early on um, looking at kind of different places in Australia. And I have to tell you, we didn't go that deeply into it because in the process of doing that, we realized we're just we do not have what it takes to uproot ourselves we are we're too tired to move but it was a good thing to go through wasn't it because it really reinforced to you where you wanted to be yeah it did oh and the other thing it wasn't just that we were lazy and didn't want to move it was that as i was kind of googling you know good places to live in australia like good places to raise a family guess what kept coming up Canberra. 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 <laughs> yeah. Australia to raise a family, you know, best place with free activities for kids. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, it is a very <laughs> easy place to live. There's green space. There's, um, you know, lots of free activities. There's museums. There's galleries. Um, there's, you know, not not a lot of nightlife. And like, a l I know people like to make fun of Canberra. If you come here from Sydney or Melbourne and, and you're expecting kind of um, a bigger urban center, you're not going to get it here, but that's not what we were looking for. Yeah. Uh, we are, you know, at home in, in bed quite early most nights. So, um, yeah, we're quite it's a different phase of life. It is. We're quite happy with the slower uh, pace of life in, in Canberra. So, I think what's so good about that, though, is that you started off sort of saying, look, you know, we're not wedded here. Because yeah. I remember you saying, we don't have any family ties here. We our kids are homeschooled, so we don't we they're not sort of stuck in a, in a particular school. Yep. W the world is our oyster in a way, or Australia is our, our oyster. And it, you know, sometimes when you've got too much choice, 
it's hard to make a decision. In fact, there's actually lots of studies on this that show the more choice you have, the less likely you are to make a decision. So, so we talked about a framework to help you sort of work through to actually narrow that down. And so it's classic to think that it actually ended up narrowing you exactly where you already were. And, but that, what an amazing process to even get you there, you know? So it's so good. We we narrowed, we kept narrowing it down and narrowing it down and narrowing it down. Like once we settled on Canberra, we were looking in the West Belconnen area. And we, even within that, we started narrowing it down or not this one, not this one, Mm. you know, so it was kind of. It was it was an ongoing process that was really um, uh, important to our to our decision in the end. So it was yeah. good. I loved that. Yeah, and because it's always moving it. forward as well. Like this, you know, the, the exploration. Some people sort of sort of feel like, oh, that's a little bit of that's a bit airy fairy, and I just want to get more concrete about it. But it's like finding out what you don't want is just as important as, yeah. as yeah. you know in in the whole process of helping you work out exactly what you do want. Um, so we're very excited about that, but also because you did grow up in Canberra, didn't you, Rinch? So you also had preconceptions around certain areas that have, uh, I do. I do. what I believe and we nearly might have bought, changed. we nearly bought a place in a suburb that yeah. I considered a bit, oh, I wouldn't want to live there, but, <laughs> um, but that place ended up going for way outside of our budget. So <laughs> well, maybe I should have wanted to go yeah. It's not as nice, I think. No, it's not the place that we ultimately no. bought. So it's it's kind of cool to see that because it, it did go at auction and we decided not to go to the auction um, for that place. And then it ended up going for more than what we paid for our place. Um, but we're much happier with our place because it's a better fit for us. So yeah, fantastic. And an as a view. And as a view. Yes, it's yeah, a- which is lovely. Now, the type of property that you were looking for, did, did that change, apart from the view, because um, you weren't really looking specifically for a view before, well, but did the house itself, did you find that really what you knew exactly how much space you needed and that was what was fixed? More or less. More or less. We, I think we got more confident about what we wanted and what our priorities were. Uh, but we knew from the beginning that we didn't want to downsize. We didn't want to move into a smaller place. Um, I think being older first-time buyers gave us that um, uh, f- kind of feeling that we didn't actually want to do the stepping stone process if we mm-hmm. could avoid it. Mm. Um, we didn't want to, you know, move our kids into a smaller place and kind of um, scrimp and save for even more years to be able to afford the next step up. We wanted yep. to, if possible, get a place that was going to feel like an upgrade on our current um, rental, and um, and and just be big enough and and fit our needs for the next few years to come. Um, so whether whether or not it'll be our forever home, I don't know. It certainly could be. It's it's got it, it feels like it's got enough. Um, you know, room for us, space for us. Um, it ticks all the boxes currently, and there's also opportunity to add value. Um, so, yeah, to answer your question, which now I can't remember what it was. Um, it's uh, basically the type of property, yeah. you know, did it remain yeah. sort of stable or static in, in terms of what you're after? It, I think it were, yeah. Yeah, what, what is important and what we talk about a lot, yes, there's a process to go through. Like you said earlier, it doesn't matter what stage in life you're at. The actual process of buying is the same. Mm. The outcomes are different though. You know, what is right for one buyer is very different to what is right for somebody else in terms of, like you said, you know, your stage of life, you didn't want to do the stepping stone. 
um, strategy, which when you're younger, you've got more of a runway and you can do that, right? Brilliant. So, and, and the where to buy process that we take people through, that is really so unique in terms of the outcome and, and the decisions that individuals make because it's a framework. It's, it's bringing in what you need and your circumstances in yeah. order to then get clarity around what, what to be looking for. And so it's been a real joy to be part of your journey and watching that unfold, you know, so we're there to help and guide and, and provide the resources for you, but you guys are the ones making the decision. And it's been really great to watch. Well, we've loved it. Um, there have been stressful moments along the way, but overall, I would not say that it has been a stressful process. People often talk about how house buying yeah. is one of the most stressful things that you can do. And I, I, I certainly can see there have been points along the way where we've gone, oh, wow, yeah, this this bit's quite stressful. But um, having your support and being able to come along to campfire every week, it's just been a good time. It's just been so fun to connect with other people who are going through a similar journey and and celebrating with them when they buy a house and having um, the benefit of their experience to learn from as well as your guidance has just been so valuable. So overall, it's been um, just a really good time, I'd say. Yeah. I love that. Well, it's no substitute for knowing what you're doing, right? And yeah. Knowledge is power. Yeah. yeah. And, and that takes away the stress because mm. the stress comes from not knowing, mm. right? from, from the fear that you don't know or or whatever and that is taken away by just knowing what you're doing so mm. uh, even as a first home buyer who hasn't done it before there's obviously still stuff that we that we that caught us by surprise um along the way um but you know the the amount that we knew um sort of covered us even when that happened yeah. so um even people who've done it once or twice before you know they can easily find themselves in situations just like that but they often don't enter into it thinking that it's going to happen because i think well i've done this before but there's so many different things that can happen um i think that you also went through a few different um negotiation processes in the sense really? that you did go for a few kissed a few frogs before you got your prints so to speak. um yep. you 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 went to auction you know you looked at private treaty offers at there was off-market in there as well. So do you want to sort of take us through some of those or some of the experiences that you had and what happened? Yeah. Yeah. So the first one um, that we uh, – was it the first one? that we The first one that we really looked at was one that McGregor Place mm -hmm. um, that um, we, we walked in and we really liked it. It had a good vibe. Mm -hmm. um, and when – we uh and so we started getting interested we got the contract and started doing all of that process when we went back to have a second look at it, i think it was only the second look mm -hmm. um it seemed a lot smaller and then all of a sudden we were sort of unpeeling some of the layers and going hang on this just isn't going to work um and um you know as much as we liked the place um we sort of we ultimately decided that it wouldn't be a good fit for us. So we we you know we took that knowledge we that we had accumulated, all of the research that we'd done, our due diligence, and we decided not to pursue that one. Then we went on to uh, the first auction one. Mm -hmm. The first auction one, we priced it much lower than what they had the guide at, um, and. Um, 
but well, I don't know, maybe it's like 60,000. Well, we, we priced it within, within what they had verbally told us. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember if they had a written... No, yeah, they may not they have actually not, published so they, mm, I think it was verbal. That they verbally told us a range and we were willing to offer within that range. So I don't think that we were... I don't think we were far off in what we were wanting to offer. So but it was... Because that, that one passed in, didn't it? Yeah, we, we, we went to auction, yeah, passed into us, like we, we were the highest bidders, passed yeah. into us, and then we offered um, what we thought um, was the right amount for us, which was considerably above what it had passed in at, mm -hmm. so, um, yeah. but obviously not what they wanted. The um, reserve was set very, very high. The reserve, like, way high. Ludicrously mm. high. So... There was a bit of back and forth yeah. with that, um, a couple of yeah. tense days for us. So we we sort of left and then Wrench was just texting back and forth with the agent for the next, you know, 48 hours. And um, we just, we weren't willing or able to go higher Fire. than, you know, our final offer. And um, it's kind of killing me, the curiosity, because I don't know what it actually went for. Did it sell? It did yeah, sell. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, uh, not and is it online or and just hasn't got a price? It hasn't got a yeah, price. price just withheld. ring the agent. Just ring him and ask yeah, him. Just yeah. ring him. Ask. <laughs> Do you know? It's funny though because you know we went. We were with you through that process because obviously yeah. you were coming to campfire and you're doing your pricing research. You're looking at you know where it should sell, what they're quoting, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you know, th th this is the thing you said that um, they were quoting high. And everyone talks about underquoting, and it does happen a lot, right? More often than not, except in Queensland where they can't quote at all. Usually, in an auction campaign, the properties are underquoted to varying degrees. Whether it's underquoted, meaning just at the very bottom of the range they put on the agency agreement, which is a reasonable range, or underquoted, as in a lot lower than really they expect. But in this particular case, it seems like the vendor always had quite high expectations, and so the vendor, the agents, were quoting. Higher, you know. They were they so, were quoting within our range, yeah, uh, before the auction. But then um, we only learned about how high the reserve was set afterwards, and it was, yeah. it was much much higher than what they had verbally communicated to us. Yeah, but even so talk then, a bit. Uh, well, agents tend to quote less than you your price research would show. There is, you know, like, so it's unusual they'll price, they'll quote within a reasonable range. It's usually under. So it, it's just, but all of this stuff is all experience, isn't it? So you find yourself there. You don't end up continuing to negotiate. You continue moving on. And then you found a number of other properties. All of a sudden there were lots on the market. There were, yeah. So it it was a really good learning experience for us. I'm glad that we got to go through the process of going to auction yeah. just because we'd done so much learning about it. It was really fun to put it into yeah. practice. And I'm glad that we got to go through that kind of roller coaster of emotion um, because it really showed us that that's just, that's part of the process. And, and we were able to kind of step back and go, okay, let's not get overwhelmed by how up and down this is. Um, let's just keep coming back to... Um, you know, what, what we know to be true, um, which is how much we want to offer, how much we think it's worth, um, just all of those things that you yeah. talked about. And when they came to us with that sort of, I, I guess, tactic of um, like having the reserve set really high and sort of saying, oh, well, you haven't met the reserve, we were just like, well, that's our offer, you know, 
because that's what we had decided. And we're like, in the end, we are so glad we didn't get it because they could easily have just, you know, if the vendor had been not um, chasing that higher number, we we would have ended up buying that house that day. Um, And, you know, we were Which really you did like. To it, it was it was a genuine option for you. It was, and and it yeah. was. I still think it, it is a very nice house, but just comparing it with what we ended up with, um, mm. it didn't fit our needs as well, um, in several ways. So it's just it's all worked out really well. And I know that you tend to sort of um rationalize after the fact. I think people yes. are all happy with what they ended up with. Um, but it does feel that um where we ended up. Uh, ticks more of our boxes. Something was meant to One be there. Away from us. Yeah. I just want to chime in. Um, a couple of times we talked about your confidence in the pricing. Um, and it's one of the biggest questions that we get yeah. from first home buyers is how do I work out what to pay? Um, now, through the process, I know that you built up quite a great f- feeling of confidence um, in working out what to pay and, and how to do your pricing analysis. Talk to us about that journey um, because it, at the start it was a bit hard for you to work out, you know, yeah. where does it sit, how do I work out, what I should offer, uh, and then towards the end you're almost experts. <laughs> well, I think it's just that familiarity. Yeah. Like the, the, we looked at a lot of houses. We went through as many as we could that um, that we then watched what they sold for. And this was early on, like really before we were even ready to buy food. Yeah. In houses, and that gave us um, that familiarity with what play, what you get in that price range and what they actually were selling for. And there's yeah. no substitute for actually physically going to see the house and then watching what it sells for. Yeah, uh, we did, of course, look at you know um, recent sales online, but I found that it, we just got a much better sense for it if we had seen it in person as well yeah. as looking at the listing on the website so it was really nice that we were able to look at so many houses and then watch their um you know the sales and everything yeah there's no substitute for getting your feet on the ground that and then it. applying a framework and a methodology that helps you come to an analytical outcome for that particular part of the process the other thing that was really helpful with that part of the process is bringing our ideas to you during campfire and showing you what we thought were comparable properties and having you guys go, oh, no, that's superior, that's inferior, here's why, and explaining it. Because I especially had picked out a few that I I would say, oh, these are pretty comparable. And you would really go into the nitty gritty of why they were inferior or superior. So having that kind of explained on a case-by-case basis was so helpful for me. I don't think I was able to really grasp it when it was too abstract but having you actually look at the pictures and walk me through just gave me that much deeper understanding that's yeah. so cool about sure. having um links you know man when both when megan and i both started in real estate the, the internet was barely used and we used there to were two we- po- portals and they had a couple of properties on them and it cost Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars to put a property on there. But we we used to when I was doing price research as a as a as a young agent, it was it all um, RP data was just like it it looked like DOS. You know, if yeah. anyone remembers <laughs> DOS uh, on computers like before Windows, you there know, weren't many pictures like were there. Just a map, it was I a think. D- it was just a 
pure data yeah. um, list list of addresses and prices and dates, and used to print that off and then go for a drive. And there were no floor plans, there were no photos, yeah. <laughs> and it was three months old. You know, all of the data was three months old. So the ability to these days to be able to just say, look, these are the recent sales and put the pop the links in the in the chat and we open them up and discuss them in the campfire. It's so cool. It's so great. So tell us some, you know, you don't have a mortgage yet, but you're gonna have one soon. How Thank are you feeling about that? that. <laughs> Love it. Um yeah, like as Antonia mentioned, there have been a few things along the way which were a bit stressful, more than more than like the the baseline. And um, sorting out the mortgage um, has been one of those things just because um, we we had a little bit of um, uh, so a few challenges just sort of getting the paperwork and the admin through with the mortgage brokers. Um, and um, so there was a bit of extra back and forth, I think, which I found a bit stressful mm-hmm. and um, communication is really important in that in that time. I just like for me, I just like to really know what's going on and like mm-hmm. why who who's waiting for who to communicate now. And you know, again, f- because you're doing it for the first time, you don't know what you don't know. Am I expected to go now to create the bank accounts myself, or does somebody like create yeah. them for us, or does you know like those kind of questions? Um, uh, I feel like I would have appreciated knowing the answers to those maybe beforehand but um yeah it's been a, that part of the process has been uh a little more stressful than than other things but not it's still not that bad i think it'll it'll <laughs> once we start having to pay bit of a surprise every now and then of what you've got to cough up isn't there when You'll it comes get to mortgage <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully, in we're into 2024. Hopefully, we start to see some interest rates going in the other direction at some point of a time. But anyway, that'd be nice. That'd be good. (laughs) (laughs) So, what advice would you have for someone who is thinking about doing the Your First Home Buy Guide course? I'd say just um, get on to it early. Yes, no brainer. Do it straight away. Yeah, as early as you can. Straight away, because you might not know. You might not know what you need to be ready, um, so just jump on and do it um, because you can always do yeah. it again, which we found ourselves both going back and listening and watching parts of the course that were relevant to where we were in the journey yeah. over and over again. So we kind of did it the whole way through um, and then went back and would review uh, whatever step we were actually yeah. up to. So And it's less than $1,000 at the end of the day when you – are uh, buying a house that is nothing, and um, you will save oh, just in no yeah. Doing. I I can't put and, obviously a figure on how much we've saved, but it certainly feels like um, we saved ourselves from overspending, or or you know it's that peace of mind too, because we're very confident in what we offered and and how much we've paid and the value that we've gotten. So we're not kind of wondering, you know, did we overpay or. Yeah gotten something better or could we have saved money here or there um so yeah mm. it's, it's absolutely worth every penny and, and yeah at, like just just for the the release from stress of knowing what we were doing i i would pay that twice over Probably all right should. so we're only charging value for money should be um, then. yeah <laughs> that's what we're saying there 
<laughs> well, it sounds like the peace of mind, you know, that 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 it um, gave you. And look, we've we've been thrilled to be part of your journey, as I mentioned before. We'll we're going to miss you in Campfire, um, <laughs> and um, it's been it's been an honour. And for us, I know, I think I speak for Megan when I say this: that we never ever forget how much of a privilege it is to help people buy their first home, buy any mm. home for that matter. We're mm. both buyers agents. We've got we're in the business of buying property for people. It's something that we never forget how important it is and how privileged it is to have people trust us. And we really do appreciate that. And we are so thrilled that we've been able to help you. Well, thank you very much. We couldn't have done it without you. We really, really appreciate you um, giving of yourselves to do the course and to, to provide it for first home buyers like us. Because um, without it, like they're, they're just, you know, there's there's not that information around so we you know it's it's really good to have very so. proud of you and thank you for sharing your story with others because you don't know what you don't know and sometimes hearing it from other people who have been through the journey is just incredibly valuable so thank you for sharing our pleasure no worries in this episode we've only touched on a tiny part of the huge amount of things you need to know to become an educated first home buyer there is so much more for you to do. You can learn all of the steps in the right order and avoid all of the mistakes that others have made in our 10-step online course for first-home buyers. If you'd like to learn more about the right process and avoid making rookie errors, become an educated home buyer. Head over to the website, check out your first home buyer guide, the course that we have created for you. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And if you've liked what you've heard today, please give us an iTunes review. It helps other people find us. And of course, I know it's a bit cringy, but we're going to ask for five stars. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. We hope you've found this really useful. And if you have, please share the love with others who you know are in the same boat. We'll be back next week with more priceless stuff.